0: To Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by The Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, AKA Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 96. Let's roll. And a little late for July 4th, but I think there's going to be some fireworks on this show as I have one of my favorite people in the space as my guest today. Someone who on the Scott fish Bowl Podathon accused me of ignoring him for six whole years which may or may not be an exaggeration but I'm gonna go with it and I am super excited to bring out a man that I've been listening to in the dynasty streets for longer than I've been in the dynasty streets so that's that says something about my man y'all know him Shane Manila joins me today Shane you can find Shane at the dynasty trades HQ podcast which has been going on a long time I'm gonna find out just how long in just a moment but Without further ado, I bring you Shane Manila. What's up, Shane?
1: Scott Jax. I don't even know what to call you because I always call you Jax. Um, yeah, I don't know what you prefer.
0: Well, my name is Scott, but people call me Jax here, and I, I'm down with it. I mean, even in the you know our, our private conversations at the Undroppables, I'm known as Jack. So, you know, it is what it is. I I am open to almost any name calling. So, as as you might imagine,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm big on name calling too. Big on name calling. Dude, I'm stoked to finally be on the show. Yeah, I've been doing Dynasty Trades HQ for like, I don't know, four or five years, man. Yeah. It's like 238 episodes um, now. You've only done 93, but we were talking 96. about this earlier. 96. Your episodes are much longer than the Dynasty Trades True. HQ episodes. So technically, you might have as much airtime as us. Although yeah, we do. Sure. we am sure from like episode like 45 on we also did a patron episode a bonus episode for every show just about that's um, great couple of weeks we missed here and there um so i made sure that the uncensored version of the show was really bomb for the uh, the patrons and yeah and don't forget i'm also doing dynasty trades in 5 on the youtube
0: it's yes. just
1: it's just like a podcast except there's moving pictures
0: Yes. And I love that you also do Manic and Chill with our friend of the show, Scott Connor, who, you know, Scott loves chopping it up with me because I will engage with his, you know, philosophical sort of way of looking at it, which is, of course, the Dynasty Game Theory Streets. And, you know, I love it. So he and I have very good shows for that reason. And obviously, I'm sure, you know, the Dynasty and Chill sort of thing that you and him have going is very, very cool as well. So I know all you listeners like Scott Connor. I'm sure you love Shane. Check him out. Manic and Chill is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's,
1: that's the one where me and Scott, we never plan on it, right? Like, we plan on doing it once a week, and uh, it ends up being something like uh, once every month. And then just out of nowhere, it'll be like three, time, three weeks in a row. But yeah, man, I get to talk. That's awesome. Scott's one of my best friends. I get yes. to talk to him all the time about fantasy football and other stuff. And sometimes we just like to cut it up. And yeah, he definitely... Uh, what I love about Scotty is that dude that always wants to help expand your thought process. Which that's right. Is yep. One of those uh, soft skills, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, that's right. He, yeah. So, some people are good at the analytical stuff. Like, you know, they're like, hey, I can pull stats out of my butt and just. Me and Scott are more of definitely of a like, all right, well, expand your mind. Like you're doing shrooms when you're playing uh, football, because to me, that that's probably the the biggest skill. uh, Most important skill is being able to adapt and be able to think outside the box.
0: Yeah. Now, if you don't take any advice from this show, but you take one chunk of advice, the advice, of course, is do shrooms right before your draft. That's the key. Yeah, that's the key. And Lord knows I've been doing that for years, as evidenced by my results. But um, no, I'm just joking. But you know, some of the <laughs> speaking of speaking of shrooms, I'm sure you had to do shrooms to do the SFB potathon. As that thing was going for a long time, but I don't know how long you were on. What only a couple hours? How how'd you do?
1: Yeah, I, I only did. Uh, I'm not great with math. I think two hours, eleven thirty okay. to one thirty um, Eastern, eleven thirty p.m. to one thirty a.m. I think you jumped on at uh, one a.m. One, yeah, one a.m. Yeah, you, you we brought you home. You you definitely brought the energy. Um, you and Tommy Mo uh, yep. definitely uh definitely got me back up. It was fun, man. I I it was really it was really cool. Cause look, I obviously I've been part of the Potathon as far as like I've been a guest every year that it's been out. Um, I think. <laughs> At least as long as I've been in Dynasty. And to be asked to actually get to host a little bit of it and step in for Sal um, who you just crushed it you know what i mean but yeah. to just play a small part in that is really awesome uh, yeah it was a really good time and i
0: don't know it was just just something really cool really yeah cool. i agree speaking of the scott fishbowl what was your uh what do you do you have your team in front of you or do you have any idea oh yeah no i definitely
1: don't have my team up but i mean I, you know I've, or do you I've, know I've, it like i kind of I, I know it i'm a geek like that like
0: i'm an idiot i
1: know it pretty well i'm gonna bring it up
0: too all right bring it up Let's let's hear what you did. I'm I'm curious to hear what you did. We'll talk two seconds. Scott Fishbowl strategy, just because it's a, a, the topic of the day, and I feel like asking, and maybe people feel like here. I don't really know. Like, not sure. Like, I always I always do these pods where I'm like, I try to do them with what the fuck I would want to listen to. That's how I do it. Like, I don't really think about what would I want to say. I'm like, what would I want to hear someone else say? That's what I try and do. I'm not that good at it yet, but I'm trying to get better. But I'm not sure if people really give a fuck about my Scott Fishbowl team or not. But. Hey, they're gonna have to live with it. This case, but tell us about your team. What'd you do? So,
1: yeah, so I want a, I want a little hot one oh one. I want it to go a little different than everybody else. Um, so I want my dude Kyler Murray. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, right off the bat. Now, part of that is because, uh, you know, it was live draft on SiriusXM, but we weren't actually on the show. Right. Um, but they emailed us the night before and said, hey, you know, let us get your numbers and, uh, you know, maybe can get a couple of you guys on talk about your picks i go well i can get on in a couple ways right i was i sincerely thinking about kyle Pitts at 101 everybody talked me out of it i definitely would have got on the radio for that but i was like "Eh, i don't know that i want to get on the radio just to get made fun of so i was like all right let me just go a little little different right kyler murray is definitely in that top tier quarterbacks for me um so i said that's where i'm going to go um so i just went with kyler murray the dude for the Scott Fish bonus, you get over 66.6 completion percentage. Yep. You get a bonus. Kyler's hit that in two of his three uh, seasons. Um, considering he did that with the uh, corpse of DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green last year, I think the fact that he got his dude Marquise Hollywood Brown there this year, he's just going to ball. So I- I'm looking forward to to, to crushing at the fishbowl and uh, people being sad that I-, I-, I was smart and got married. instead. Of so you
0: went 101 101- – Tyler Murray. Then you don't pick again until the 224. Whatever I mean, you know, the twenty fourth pick, two twelve. What'd you do at the two twelve?
1: So got sniped. Pitts went right before me. So oh, I said, shit, All right. That's
0: late for Pitts.
1: Oh no, Pitts usually goes right around that, that turn. So yep. Yeah. So I got sniped by Ray Flowers. Um and so I said, All right, well then I'll go ahead and take Mark Andrews because he's probably gonna have uh, a better season anyway. So
0: Yeah, he normally know. goes ahead of Pitts, so that was yeah. that's good. Yep. So I got
1: Mark Andrews. I mean, I don't know what else to say to them. Dude's just a monster efficient. Yeah, he, yeah, absolutely. So, flex, tight end premium format.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Superflex tight end premium and you have uh, Kyler and Andrews. Good start. What'd you do at the 312 4 one turn? Saquon Barkley. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I went upside. I, at yeah. that point,
1: you know, I was looking at what's on the board and I'm like, well, who, who's going to give me the most upside here? Who's who's Who could be a running back one? In that realm, not a running back one, excuse me, the running back one. The only one that was left was Saquon. You know what I mean? Obviously, Christian McCaffrey and and Najee and JT were already off the board. Um, So then uh, I got a little Homerism. uh, I'm not going to lie. And went with A.J. Brown as my wide receiver one.
0: There you go. Why not? We're going to get there. We're going to get there with AJ in a moment. So save your thoughts. But then you had the five one or the five, 12, six, one turn. Are you there yet? What'd you do there? Yep. So I got Travis Etienne.
1: Um, get, I love Travis Etienne. Uh, I have pretty much gotten over his Liz Frank injury. Hopefully he has. Cause yeah, I exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, panic set in and I went, Oh shit, I need another quarterback. And, uh, This is the next best available dude, unless I want to go with Mac Jones. So I went with uh, I'll bang your mama, Zach Wilson.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: And partly because that just came out like that night before that he was slaying moms. Yeah. So obviously he's going to he's going to rock it this year. Look, you got to respect it. You got to respect any kid that's banging his uh, mom's friends. Uh, Yep. Absolutely. On a football level. I mean, he's got Elijah Moore. He's got Garrett Wilson. He's got Corey Davis is your wide receiver three. Not bad. Not nope. bad. C.J. Uzuma, Brees Hall, who's excellent out of the backfield as a receiver. So Michael Carter, yep. Michael Carter, who play about 30% of the snaps. But you Offensive know, line Beaver has been
0: uh, improved, and that could be a – yeah, that, that that's a sleeper team for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, look, unless
1: he's just complete ass, um, he should be decent. If he's complete ass, well, well – Then well, you I won't play him, and it doesn't matter. matter. That's right. Yeah.
0: It's an upside swing at a quarterback, too. It's fine. Yeah. And then what? Is that uh, it? Well,
1: no, no. I mean, then I went Marquise Brown and oh, Drake stack. London. Yeah. So I wanted to stack. And part of when I went with Kyler at one hundred and one was, I go, what's the cheapest stack I can get? Like, what's the stack I know I can do? Right. Like if I get Josh Allen, I'm not probably going to be able to get Diggs Right. Uh, when it's time to come up, if, you know what I mean? And I looked at all the stacks that you could do. Like I wasn't going to get Barrow and Chase. I didn't see that happening, although I'm pretty sure my dude Fitzy uh, Pat Fitzmaurice, although I always say his name wrong. Fats, Pat. Fitz Morris yes. pulled that off somehow. Um, but I didn't think that was possible.
0: I've so seen yeah. some Burrow Chase stacks. Yeah. It happened in my league and they just gifted him Chase too, because he took Burrow at the like the 104-5, something like that. And Chase I took uh, Justin Jefferson at the one two turn. So I picked twelfth uh, and I got Dak and Justin Jefferson. I just watched Chase, you know, I was thinking about Chase right there. It was like Chase or Jefferson, and Chase fell all the way to whatever it is, the two eight or whatever it lines up with his pick. And it was just like, you know, I was like, God dang it. You know, what are you guys doing? Man. And then, uh, yeah. So I went, uh, I, I love my team of course, always, uh, because it's, uh, the season hasn't begun yet. Right. So I went Dak, uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, CD lamb in that, uh, you know, in the 3.1 and then, um, uh, T Higgins, ETN. Love him. And then of course, Juju and Gabe Davis, and then I just yeah. went C E H. Yes, I did it. C E H and Tony Pollard. So I, I'm feeling actually pretty good. I've got just, yeah, only one I quarterback. Just, I was just trashing Gabe Davis on Twitter. Um, I know I know
1: you love Gabe Davis. I was yeah. some shit about him on uh, the the Potathon. But uh, yeah,
0: yeah, it was fun as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I don't believe in him at all. I don't even think he's a real person.
0: Yeah, that's but that's fair. besides the fact. No, That's fair. It's possible he's fake. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's an actual real person. It's definitely possible at this point. I think there's definitely a possibility that he is absolutely nothing. I've said this before. I've said this before. I, I you know, I loved him coming out. I thought he was a good player. I thought he, I, you know, my, when I when he first came out, Shane, I said he's probably eighty percent Kenny Galladay. Well, if he's eighty percent Kenny Galladay now, that's not good, you know. So it uh, just depends, you know. I mean, I, you know, everything is is fluid like that, you know. I mean, then when I said it, he was Babytron and all the rest of it, and it sounded ridiculous and. Uh, now if you say it, it's like, well, of course he's 80% Kenny Galladay who isn't, you know? So, (laughs) you know, but right. So it's like one of those things. I think he's that type of player, a downfield winner. He's probably a better separator than Galladay ever was. Like, I mean, so he's, he's an interesting player. And in that offense is really the key. Like if you just said he was like playing for the Jets or something, I wouldn't be like, dude, Gabe Davis. I'd be like, yeah, he's a good player. What do you want me to do? I don't want him. You know, it's like, you know, it's fine. It's, uh, but in that offense with the opportunity and with everything opening up and, you know, he was an early, uh, an early declare. He's only like 23 years old. I, I think there's some defense. The one thing that you mentioned is that they not only did they sign Emmanuel Sanders, but they played Emmanuel Sanders over him. And I thought that was a very negative, you know, indication of his talent and his opportunity and all the rest of it, uh, in his career path. But if you want to make an excuse for that, when you can say the kid was 22 years old, they weren't sure if he could handle the full load, then they had veteran deference. The coaches played the veteran. But then Gabe Davis, you know, sort of took him over and was the superstar in the playoffs. And, you know, if that's his trajectory, then, you know, then you can see it. But if he's just the guy that couldn't really beat out Emmanuel Sanders, I get that too. And so I think that there's a huge range of outcomes for Gabe Davis. And in a 2,500-man tournament, and with the fact that I've proclaimed him so often, I really just had to take him. I took him at wide receiver 22, a little bit ahead of my rankings, but – uh Fuck it. YOLO. It's a free charity league. I'm in. Yeah.
1: No, dude. And look, I I can't. Upside is what
0: it's all about in this tournament, right? Like, I don't think
1: anyone is going into it going. Let me get the safest floor I can find like that. That's what I'm shooting for. I'm shooting for the median every week. Like, that's not what we want. Right. Exactly. We want upside. Look, it's first or last. Really? That's right. That's all that matters. If you don't win it, I couldn't tell you who was second last year, the year before that. That's right. Before that.
0: We just know Stompy wore a singlet.
1: Yes. Yes. And if I ever win, I'm not wearing a singlet because nah. I am—I'm uh, bigger than Stompy, but I'm not as—I uh, I don't know what the word is for it uh, when you're okay with your, your size when it's small. I don't know. Someone could tell me that I mean, it's a psychological thing. I think.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna make any words for a grown man wearing a singlet on uh, <laughs> on, on the internet. That's not for me. Um, <laughs> what is for me though? is dynasty fantasy football and your your hometown team is the eagles now i've got michael p michael p duncan uh i just had vi solace on the show all these eagle fans i'm just surrounded by you assholes you know i don't understand why i do it i should have a no fucking eagle fan rule but maybe you're my last eagle fan i'll ever have on the show anyway do you think they're gonna win the division oh yeah
1: I, th- that's, I thought you were going to ask me if they were going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, the division <laughs> the is the least they should win. Jesus Christ, man. I mean, I know it's not fun, so we'll get this out of the way. But on defense, holy shit, they uh, really crushed it. I mean, they got James Bradbury um, cheap because the Giants are really stupid. And, they then, and, then, the, and then the Giants cut him when no one had any money left. Um, so the Eagles were like, all right, we'll, we'll take him for $7 million. Sure, thanks. Um, getting Jordan Davis, who's an absolute monster, yeah, and then the Kobe Dean in the third. I mean, yeah. and, and Kazir White. Um, at one point, I was like, "Wow, that's an awesome signing." And then they did all this other stuff. Um, it, it's just the the defense finally should be really good, and then on offense, I feel like they did something. Yeah. Something. Oh, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. They got a target monster vacuum himself, Mr. A.J. Brown. Mr. I made Ryan Tannehill quarterback one in fantasy football because I am a freaking monster. And I will run over people. I will get deep passes. I will do whatever I want on the football field, even on 105 targets. Um, So I can't wait to see what him and Hertz are going to do. It's going to be a beautiful thing. So, yeah, the division. If they win less than eleven games, uh, that means Jalen Hurts is really bad at football, and uh, we'll be looking for a quarterback in twenty twenty
0: three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean they do have a great offense. We're going to talk about them here real quick. I, um, I, you know, this is this is interesting. I think that they're, um, I think they're the favorites to win that division too. Uh, it, you know, admittedly, and I don't want to say that, but I, I do. I think it's certainly you and the Cowboys for sure, but. Uh, They've improved enough right now, and I think their schedule looks really good. I I I like the Eagles uh, this year, as you point out, the defense is better, and they really needed to be. I think you know Jalen Hurts will take a step forward, and then the weapons are really dope, and they were able to run the ball, obviously due to Jalen Hurts as well. But they were able to run the ball really effectively, and we'll get there in a second. But I would just ask this about Jalen Hurts. You know, you you talked about him being like, you know, if he's good enough, they'll win, and if he's not good enough. They'll probably be looking for another quarterback. So I would just ask, like straight up, like in 2022, just as a, a, a as a as a fantasy player this year, do you see him as a top five quarterback or top 10? Where do you see him as a as in 2022?
1: I see him top eight yeah. hedging, definitely yeah. hedging
0: Um, just because,
1: you know, look, that, that Kyler, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Lamar, I think yeah. those guys are pretty much cemented in the top five unless something crazy happens. I agree with that. Um, top six, maybe. Um, I mean, that's where he was last year before he got injured and hurt his ankle. And But again, he did that mostly off rushing and rushing touchdowns. Right. Um, so if he does it this year, yeah, it's got to be a little different, but it's good having that skill set in your back pocket going, all right, well, if I continue to suck at throwing, at least I can take off.
0: But again, yeah. Well, 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 now they have, you know, as you point out, they they keep Goddard, who was awesome last year. Like he was really good on a per touch and per play and per route basis. Like he was really good. And I'm sure you agree watching their games. I'm sure you're like, yeah, dude, dude is fucking good. And then they had Devonte Smith, who was a rookie, now takes a step forward and was really good last year. And then they lose no one else and they didn't have anybody else like Jalen Rager or whatever. And like Quez Watkins. And they replaced that spot with checks notes. AJ fucking Brown, as you point out, yeah. uh, which should be his new name, AJ fucking Brown. Um, but yeah, like the absolute monster. And, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, the thing that AJ Brown does is like just fucking destroys people once he catches the ball, like literally, like, you know, runs them over and runs for touchdowns. Like he is an absolute beast out there. And while they don't have a prolific passing attack, you know, the the, the space that they're running game and hurts play action and, you know, all the, all the space that he creates I think could be very, very uh, fruitful for AJ Brown. I'm a little bit concerned with how much they will throw and sort of how many targets he'll get. Just like there he was in, in Tennessee too. By the way, he was a little bit suppressed by that offense being so run heavy. So he goes to another run heavy offense, but with more target competition. But all that being said, uh, I think I think that they're going to they're going to look really good. And I think uh, uh, he's going to uh, AJ Brown's going to help Jalen Hurts. Be the quarterback that he can be if 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 he doesn't as you point out he's done yeah. uh but with the addition of AJ Brown I would say this Goddard uh, AJ Brown and Devonte Smith you know it feels like one of them might disappoint fantasy managers do you think that it will happen or do you think they all come through and if if so who do you think will will be the disappointment here yeah, I
1: think Goddard's the guy that's gonna gonna take the hit. I mean, Smith had a twenty two percent target share as a rookie. That's ridiculous. And then, of course, you look at AJ Brown. He's twenty seven last year, thirty percent in his career. Like the, the dude's just a monster. Both of those guys are target hogs, and they're so good with the ball in their hands. I look, Goddard isn't obviously. He's one of the better receiving tight ends in the league. But I, I got a feeling like how people felt about George Kittle. The last couple of years, like, dude, get him the ball, get him the ball. You're going to feel a lot of that because he's also an excellent blocker. Like he's going to have like an insane snap share. And you're going to be like, I don't understand why he only has 60 receptions. Right. And then you're going to look at AJ Brown and go, oh, it's it's because he got the most targets that he's ever had in his career. And Devonta Smith still had a 20% target share. Um, They just gave AJ Brown $100 million. And apparently he's best friends with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. 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 So there's absolutely no way that he's not going to (laughs) see. Yeah. It's probably not that guy. He's probably not going to disappoint. It won't be him. Yeah. Good. Good call. And and I don't think it's like I said, I don't think it's Smith either. Like generally a a rookie receiver that hits over 20% target share is going to smash. Well, the rest of his career, definitely the next year. Now, how often do they, does that team then go out and get a legitimate wide receiver one who's also a a target vacuum Uh, hardly ever. Right. But, but he was still so good. Um, and he's just an excellent route runner, which doesn't matter fantasy football, except that it matters on the football field. Right. Yeah. He, he gets open. I mean, the dude just gets open. Like he's that good of a route runner. So I think there's going to be that it's going to be one of those, 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 uh, offenses where it's heavily skewed towards those two players.
0: Yeah. I think you're probably right. Um, and that play action is going to make both those guys kind of wide open from time to time. And, you know, AJ Brown will certainly give Devonte Smith some room as well as he'll be, you know, playing against lesser corners, uh, you know, uh, in total and all that sort of stuff. I think, I, yeah. And I think this, the, the Miles Sanders, I've been kind of preaching about it a little bit. And I, I kind of just, when I was doing my projections, you try to have to look at like how these guys performed in the past and what their uh, you know expectations are. And like, you know, figure that stuff out. <clears throat> well, Miles Sanders in his career is five point one yards per carry, which uh checks notes is good. Uh he's averaged in the games that he's played, 12 carries per game. So if you give him 12 carries per game, which is not a lot, by the way, uh, that's 204. Okay. Uh if you you know, I, when I did my projections, I actually came short of that. I, I gave him like 190. 190 at 5'1 one is 960 yards rushing. His touchdown rate in 2019 and 2020, he had 12 touchdowns on 421 touches for a 3% touchdown rate. Of course, we know in 2021, uh, it was zero. Uh, he had 163 touches, zero touchdowns. So, you know, he's had four, 149 targets in his 40 games played. It's a 63-target pace. So, look, if he gets 200-ish uh, carries... And sixty-three targets, which would be doing no more, no more production than what he's done already. But just stays healthy, then he's going to be very, very uh, productive. Two hundred carries is a thousand rushing yards at five yards a pop. Sixty targets at his yards per target is three hundred and sixty. So that's about thirteen or fourteen hundred yards. And five to ten touchdowns is very reasonable and expe- expected on those touches. So I think when we look at Miles Sanders, if he does just what he's done in the past, but is able to do it for 17, 16 or 17 games uh, and uh, and have normal touchdowns. He's gonna be, you know, an a easy, uh, easy running back, too. And he's being drafted well outside of that. So for me, uh, Miles Sanders was a huge target, even in the Scott Fishbowl. I thought about taking him on that sort of juju Gabe Davis turn, but I thought he might fall me, and he didn't. And I was forced to take Clyde Edwards Hilaire instead of Miles Sanders. I'd much prefer Miles Sanders over Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Do you agree with that?
1: Okay, so you're framing the question, so I have to agree with you. Yes, yes, I'll of take course Miles you have Sanders to. over Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yep. I don't think you, you missed a lot by not getting him in the fishbowl. Look, I've been there on the, the Miles Sanders efficiency, like just look at his efficiency. Just get him the touches. If you just get him the touches, it's going to be good. They, throughout his career, he's been an 11 carry guy, you know, uh, every year. He had 13 carry average 13 carries a game in his second year, but his rookie year and last year, 11 carries a game. Targets Uh, His targets have decreased significantly from his rookie season of 63. Um, And that's when I was dreaming on him. This is when I had visions of Miles Sanders being a wide receiver, or excuse me, running back one when he had 1,327 rookie yards, right? Because I'm like, oh, he's got 50 receptions. He's got, you know, 170 carries. Like, he's definitely going to be a running back one when they give him some more work. Unfortunately, they don't want to give him more work because I think he's just, this is what he is. He's efficient because he doesn't get a lot of work. Um, He's also a really stupid football player. Um, I've mentioned this before. And again, I'm not one of those like, oh, real football matters. Well, I guess it kind of does. But like when you do stupid shit, you get taken off the field. And Miles Sanders does stupid shit, like (laughs) runs out of bounds when the Eagles are trying twice, twice in a row, when the Eagles are trying to run out the clock. Like injury prone, maybe it's not a thing. All I know is he's been injured every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and fumbling. Um, so if you get past all that, and he's got issues with fumbling. Um, look, I was in love with the kid. Like I said, coming out of college, yeah. I was like, this this dude's basically going to be a running back one. After his rookie season, I, I bought into the hype and said he's going to be a running back one. And then yeah. the Eagles said, no, 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 no. Hold on. And two different coaching staff said, no, we don't, we don't see him that way. They got him and then said, no, nah, he's more of a committee back. He, we're going to give Kenny Gainwell. Boston Scott had more goal line attempts. Than he did. Miles Sanders last year, which oh, is embarrassing. Miles yep. Sanders should be ashamed of himself for that. Like, I don't know if he knows that stat. If he knows that stat, he might actually just retire. Quit the you know game. It? Yeah. And just go into teaching or something. I don't know what his degrees. Well, it
0: doesn't be. sound like he'd be much of a teacher considering the uh, running out of bounds, uh, you know, synopsis um, you've been sharing.
1: That's true. He want to be more a, of a student, you know? Yeah, he wouldn't be a good teacher. Well, you know what they say? Those those who can do, those who can't teach, right? And yes, that's Yeah, that right. uh, I'm just joking to any of my teacher friends. Yeah, all the teachers are of, just turned off my show. Yeah, Thanks, fucking there's, Shane. There's a million teachers in um in the Dynasty community. It's like every other dude is a teacher. It is true. Teacher. It's
0: cuz they have all that time cuz they're tenured.
1: Yeah, yeah. So more yeah, more thought, dunking like, on teachers. What the fuck happened here? I, yeah whatever fuck them they get the summers mm-hmm. off fuck those guys what more totally. do they need in yeah. life and gals It work 10
0: get paid for 12 absolute yeah. horseshit here i don't i don't want to be
1: sexist so you know fuck all the lady teachers too yeah um, fuck them too fuck them all fuck non-binary teachers just fuck teachers in general all the take teachers all yep. summer
0: fuck yep. those people yep. um but now it's a bu- good take it's a good take <laughs> guys you can't you can't criticize the man <laughs> Those I who love- know Shane know that he's joking, <laughs> but it's a good take. Go ahead. I, uh,
1: yeah, look, man, I loved Sanders, but I just – I'm out. I can't do it to myself anymore. Now, the good thing is he's coming off the board, I think, right around – running back 24, something like that in Dynasty. So you don't have to heavily invest in him. No. I, I definitely – I have him sprinkled on my teams because, look, I watch football, and when he rips off a 40-yard run, I go, that that's the Miles Sanders I know and love. And then, you know, he breaks my heart by fumbling or breaking a hand the next play. But he shows you those flashes and you're like, oh, if he could just get the 20 touches a game, never happens.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's been, you know, I said this about, I think it was Miles Sanders. I I said, yeah, I think it was. I was like, you know, there's those who believed in him who had him rostered and have been burned by him. They don't want him anymore. And there's those who never liked him. Well, they don't want him either. (laughs) So it's like nobody wants him. Everybody's like, yeah, fuck that guy. You know, if you've rostered him, you don't want him anymore. If you've never rostered him, you definitely don't want him. So it's like, yeah, nobody wants Miles Sanders. But I would ask it this way. You know, you can answer briefly. But, like, is he more likely to end up as a top 12 running back or outside the top 24 running back?
1: Outside the top 24. Yeah,
0: look at that, an Eagle fan. Look, it
1: pains me because when you watch him – flash electric go, holy shit this dude is good you know yeah. what i mean like he's just breaking ankles like he's an excellent receiving back which yeah for whatever reason i i, I don't know i'm not a football coach but for whatever reason the eagles have decided that no we're not going to pass in the ball anymore we'll bring in kenny garbage pal gainwell and throw him the football um But for whatever reason, like I'd like to see him on another roster and I'd like to see him used differently. I'd love to see him getting like seven, eight targets a game and still like, you know, 10, rushing attempts a game.
0: Well, if he's if he's a little bit of a knucklehead, as you have displayed the propensity for calling him, then maybe he's just not a great passing game back because of all the nuance at that point. You know, it's easy to run the football here. Take it and fucking make something happen. But you know, if you're pass protecting, and you know, if they are you know, if the, if this guy blitzes, then you're, you know, you're running to the flat. If not, you're, you know, right. There's all sorts of different. If, yeah. What if this happens? Then this, you know, and right. and which if they blitz here, blitz middle. Where do I go? What's my blitz assignment? All the rest of it. If right. he doesn't really pick that shit up, and he's gonna get your quarterback killed, that may be why he's not on the field in those situations. And I've said that that's one of the things that has you know, fantasy analysts or even just fantasy players, just all of us in the crowd, we really don't know that stuff. I mean, we hear stories and stuff like that, but they're not just going to come out and be like, listen, Rashad Penny's a fucking box of rocks. So guys don't, <laughs> you know, they're not going to say that. Right. You know? So anyway, um, on this topic though, you, you alluded to it earlier, but I'm, I'm going to get there this way. Who would you rather have in dynasty? Miles Sanders or Elijah Mitchell?
1: This, this hurts. It's a uh, tough one. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. Yep. Um, I, I know he got injured a lot last year. I felt like he was out like every three games. He was. But Finger, is, leg, this, that, the yeah. other, yeah. Every time he came back, Kyle Shanahan was like, yeah, this is his backfield. Like, fuck everyone else. Like, just nope. Everyone else goes back in the mothballs. They're getting there in the closet. Whereas in the past, we've seen him rotate guys when they've come back from injury, right? Like, you just have a rotating cast of Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson. Uh, I don't think Jarek McKinnon ever actually played for them. Um, Just, you know, just rotating running backs. But Elijah Mitchell comes back, and he's like, you get a full workload. And then they started targeting them more at the end of the year. I had no more reason to hate the kid. Like all year, right. I was like, Trey Sermon's better. Trey Sermon's better. Well, he's just a one-dimensional back. Like, you know, he doesn't see any passing volume. He doesn't see any receiving work. And then it's like Kyle Shanahan heard me. and was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They started throwing he, it to him. Guess what? Now he's getting targets. And I was like, all right, I got nothing. I mean, the only knock on him is terrible draft capital, right? Um, He gets injured, but he's a running back. He's at a position where everyone gets injured. Right. Um, And he came back and I, I – I take him straight up over Sanders. I mean, I've seen him do it. You know what I mean? Like I haven't seen Sanders actually, you know, he had a good rookie year, but not as good as Mitchell.
0: I think it's a pretty good take. I mean, it's tough because both of them are a bit fragile. Obviously Sanders is, you know, I, I said it before last year, which turned out to be not true. I said, this is a make or break season for Sanders. And it was just more of the same somehow. Somehow he just was able to still be completely mediocre and then show flashes and then still have his starting job. I'm shocked by that. Like, I'm shocked that they didn't do anything in in Philly. Like, they didn't bring anybody in. Like, they let go of Jordan Howard and brought in Kennedy Brooks. That's it. You know, it's like, so that tells me that maybe uh, Kenny Gainwell might have a little bit of a role, too. Do you like Kenny Gainwell late in drafts for those, for these reasons? Yeah, I do. But the
1: problem is, is, so you look at what the Eagles did last year, right? They gave him a ton of run early in the season. Yep, and then um, went away from him. And then went away from him, and then he was a healthy scratch one game. And basically in other games, he was, even though he wasn't a healthy scratch, he was technically playing, he didn't see the ball at all. Right, He got a ton of carries and, you know, meaningless game end of the season. I really don't know what to do with him, but late in the draft, fine. You know why? Yeah. Because he's a receiving back. Bingo. So You know what I mean? It's the same reason that we we like Naheem Hines before um, – Jonathan Taylor was there and he got all those receptions because it's in their skill set. Like Theo Riddick was someone that we liked in fantasy football. JD McKissick and
0: Tariq Cohen and James White and all these other PPR backs. He's definitely in that mold. And unless you're playing in standard leagues, which my God, please stop doing that. Um, You know, and I'm not a PPR fan. Everybody knows what we'll do it right now. Do you like PPR standard or something like, Scott Fishbowl, which is what I play. I I, I commission. Well, you're in you're in a league of mine. I commission half PPR, half point per first down, and like try and put some other shit in there that makes it a little bit more fun. Do you do you you prefer PPR half or or standard? All right, so standard is just out. Like no, like
1: just no. Stop it. Um, it. Like my brain, like and I'm sure you do this. Well, maybe you don't because you like standard and half PPR. I don't like this. Conditioned when I look at stats is to count. I always got four receptions and 60 yards. I got 10 points. Yeah. Bingo, like my brain's too. just conditioned just, just to do that. Yes. Like half point. You know, obviously I can figure out the math. I'm not that slow. I'm <laughs> no, slow. no, but I'm not you're right. Slow. It's a simpler yeah. math at PPR. Yes. Yeah. So I, I like the full PPR, but then I do love adding PPC to it. And then, yeah, if you want to get bonuses for first downs, of course. And if you want to do some tight end premium, definitely. And if you want to get really crazy with it and do some targets, scoring oh Hmm. yeah interesting yeah Yeah. look i i i like as much scoring as possible without bonus points right right because bonus bonus points is like all right i'm playing pinball and for no reason (laughs) at all i got three million points you're like because (laughs) i hit the i hit the (laughs) t-rex and the balls so i get three million. like what skill (laughs) is that like i don't even understand like that makes no sense but totally I got yes. 3 billion points, but I like it when it's get, like, you know, you have to put some thought in there. You go, wait yeah. a minute. So yeah. This, like this a 40, a
0: 49 yard catch, touchdown catch is six points, but a 51 yard yeah. touchdown pe- catch is 75 points. Let's just right. play it that way. It's like, what? Yeah. 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 Let, 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 me, you know, the shit that actually matters, like, all
1: right, well, how many targets is this guy? heavy heavily targeted player? That's probably someone I want to target. Does this guy get a ton of first downs? Does this guy get a lot of rushing like yeah, Najee Harrison. Well, last year he was a, They turned him into a receiving back because Ben couldn't throw. But, you know, in a PPC league, he's a fucking monster um, (laughs) because of, what, 300 rushing attempts. So, yeah, I love when you do that because it balances the scoring and you can build teams. All the teams won't be built the exact same way. Everybody won't be chasing the exact same build, which, you know, it can be fun. But then you're betting on too many variables that are like, I'm betting on me knowing this wide receiver is straight up better than that wide receiver. I'm I'm betting on Jamar chase (laughs) over Justin Jefferson. And it's like, all right, well that's like splitting hairs on an angel's head. Right. Whatever that fucking saying
0: is. Yeah. For me, for me, for me, Shane, it's always been like, um, I just want like the real stuff that is awesome in football to like matter in like, in, in fantasy. It's like, I almost wish, and I think there's probably a way, but like fourth down conversions, like, you know, if if, if if it's fourth and inches and your running back gets you a yard, that seems like a much bigger play. Like, that's a tough play. It's not simple. Like, yeah. they're all stacked up. Like, it's fucking... Guy gets it. You're like, fuck yes, dude. Yes! You know what I mean? It's like a huge play. But, like, it's third and 20, and they throw a swing pass to Tariq Cohen, and he gets 12. It's like, that was way more points in fantasy, but it was like, dude, that was stupid. That was a fucking yeah. dumbass play. So it's like, you know, the, the conversion and the the, conversion sometimes is almost as important as a touchdown in some games, especially, you know, whereas a third down and 20, 12 yard catch has never been important. Like, you know, maybe for fielders Mm -hmm. or whatever, like, you know what I'm saying? So like these things matter and I like to try and make them matter as much as possible. There's never going to be a perfect scoring, but that's why I like first down uh, just because those conversions are huge. I mean, think about how many times you're watching a game and like, you know, it's a first down catch and you're like, you celebrate, you're like literally fucking fist pump. You're like, yes. And then you like can continue to the next play. You know, it's like, you've never done that for the Naheem Hines swing pass, you know? No. And, and actually every time Naheem
1: Hines was ever on the field and touched the ball, I was pissed off because I was a Marlon Mack guy. Yeah. Um, and obviously everyone loved uh, Jonathan Taylor. So yes. no one wanted to see goddamn fucking. Yeah. What's Heinz doing out there? Get him out of there. Like, stop. Why are we throwing this fucking douchebag at three yard? It's like, go away. But <laughs> yes. just, just by that same token. So yeah, like a draw on third and 15, a running right. back picks up 10 yards and he gets a point. And you're like, wait, that's more important than like you just said, like someone getting one yard on getting the first down. Like, no, yep. that, that should at least count the same. Like, yes. come on. Yeah, so, that's yeah. why
0: the the half PPR half point per first down is is become my favorite. I do have um I have put the completion percentage. Now, Scott made it very uh damaging because it's plus a half point for a completion, minus a full fucking point for an incompletion, which by the way, kind of brutal if you're like throwing the ball away late or something like those minus ones are huge. So like that's a little bit steep for me. I actually just make it mostly a positive. I have a, I've, I've done either plus 0.1 minus 0.1 or plus 0.2, minus 0.2 I leave them equal that way however many throws over 50 percent you have is p- positive that's a positive point. There's almost no way to be to score negative unless you like add 45 percent completion percentage which is awful but it does reward you know the guy was like you know 19 of 20 because it's like he's, he's 18. You know, he has 18 completions over, you know, over 50%, which is huge, you know. So th- that's how you can score those points by just being super efficient that way, which I think is also something that is, you know, you've seen it. They put it up, uh, 18 straight completions for said quarterback. You're like, that's pretty impressive. So I think that should matter a little bit too. Um, so I, I I put that in my, my scoring system. I recommend others do too. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if you want to make it chaos like Scott Fish does, Go right at it. It's fun. That, that that's fun too. Which is also why I've faded my quarterback too, because you know I'm almost as likely to get points from a from like Tony Pollard as I am. I don't know any of these quarterbacks that are not top fifteen or twenty because they could score negative points. They can you know the minus four for interceptions, all the rest of it. So anyway, a little bit more strategy for you all. Yeah, that, there might be some weeks where Zach. Look, if Zach Wilson does what he did last year, he's going to be on my bench. It's trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's trouble. Uh, So speaking of quarterbacks, Trey Lance, we're on San Francisco. I knew this was going to get out into the weeds, me and you, because this is what we are. We're not even high. I mean, should should we get high? No, no, let's not. Uh, Trey Lance, here it is. Here's the question. Is he good enough as a quarterback? We know he's good enough in fantasy if he's good. My question is, is he good enough in real life to become the top five or ten fantasy quarterback we wish he was? So
1: one thing, though, so we got to stop talking about quarterbacks in top five and top 10 because that golf is wide right now. You know what I mean? Like that that, that 10 is is uh, Russell Wilson, maybe Dak Prescott, where like, yeah, yeah, they're going to be very good as opposed to top five or guys that can, you know, just come out and smash you in the face in a week where you're just like, I had no shot. What do you want, what do you expect? Josh Allen dropped 60 points on me like it didn't matter what I did. Lance has got the skill set, right? Like that, he's got the tools. He was drafted right. for tools, right? He was drafted because of tools, not because of what he really did in college, because he didn't really play a lot and he didn't right. put a lot on tape. So, if you believed in his tool set going into last year, nothing's changed. You know, like he sat on the bench because Jimmy was there. You kind of knew that was going to happen. Like you knew that was going to happen. He scored when he got in there, though. In his starts, he yeah. he was a fantasy producer as a real quarterback. If I believe in him in a fantasy sense, I'm going to have to believe in him as a real quarterback. You have
0: to. Yeah, that's what I'm tools. saying. It's the tools. There's just so, so much. Shane, here's my here's my point. There's just so much belief in him in the dynasty streets that he's just like a top. With, any startup that you've been in, he's always drafted in the top 10 quarterbacks, right? I mean like. Right. Right? Yeah. So, but he's, I mean, there's no guarantee that he's any good. I mean, I'm no. just talking. There's no guarantee that he's any good in the NFL.
1: No. There's, there's literally none like, and, but, and this is where I made a mistake last year is I went in all in on that rookie quarterback class, right? Yeah. To, to my know? own, to my own detriment uh, in Trevor Lawrence's uh, goddamn fucking specific case <laughs> in a lot of places. Yes. Um, and I feel like I've learned my lesson, like, all right, dude, you got to see a little bit before you just lose your mind and pay for a, a rookie quarterback or a quarterback and just automatically anoint them a golden child. And, um, I, I don't have the stones to pay what Lance would cost on the open market. Like if No he's way. Gonna, I, I just, I can't. If I can get him cheap, 2023 first is, I'll consider that cheap for a quarterback super Superflex. Right. I'll do that. If someone wants to give me, you know, wants to trade me, wants to give them to me for cheap with Zach Wilson in a second. Okay. I'll, I'll take that sure, risk.
0: But that's never happening, right? Like no. that's the other thing too. It's like, um, you see him, um, you see him drafted with a top ten fantasy uh, dynasty quarterback price. That's where he's drafted, but I never see him traded for that value either like yeah. because no one's willing to pay that.
1: yeah, you know what's crazy is um the last couple of years, really the last two years, I've really noticed the divergence between startup value versus trade value. yes, and obviously there were always different things, right. But you could almost, not exact correlation, but you could look at startup value and go, all right, I know I, what I can get on the trademark for this guy. This, right. The last couple of years, it's like, no, nah, dude, that's like, yeah, a sunk cost. Like You can draft Najee Harris in the first two rounds at a, a startup dynasty draft. You're not getting those prices back when you try to trade them. And exactly yes. with these quarterbacks. Because it, it's if you got them in the rookie draft, just hold on them. That's fine. Um, there's no reason to go out of your way to trade for them. Um, if you can get them at a discount. Go for it, but I'm it, not going out of my way to try and get any of them from last year.
0: It's crazy, though, right? Like, I mean, it's it is very, very interesting to say, but it's very true that you're right. The startup, the startup values and the trade values are different, and 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 probably a pretty smart thing to do to try to understand that before your startup, so that you can ex- extract value with those differences. Know if you're buying in a startup a player that is immediately not going to be worth what you just paid, like, immediately. Not because he did anything or you did anything, but just because the trade value is different than the startup value. Probably not the guy to draft at that spot, trade that spot uh, to move back. So, anyway, that's just Dynasty 101. But, all right, so I'm with you on this trade, Lance. Here's the question I have. Like, obviously, Trevor Lawrence was the, the, you know, he was the chalk 101 last year, and now he's not. Uh, out of that class. Um and Trey Lance or Trevor Lawrence in Dynasty, obviously Superflex too, because obviously in non-superflex it's Trey Lance because you know it's a dice roll. But I'm talking in Superflex where the quarterback really actually matters. Who do you prefer in Superflex Dynasty? Lance or Lawrence?
1: Man, I am uh look, I I, I got hurt bad. Trevor Lawrence I need I need to just put that out there right like I need people to understand like you know when you, you get dating advice from someone that just went through a horrible breakup yeah. you know what I mean they're like yeah. they're just in a terrible fucking relationship bad person relationship. to ask about
0: relationships right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: like it's like I don't know if you want to ask him yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like oh women fuck them you can't yes. trust any of them and it's like whoa dude trust anybody. Like, yes. it's just yes. one. yeah so that's kind of where I'm at just with aching Lawrence, in the right? corner. yes definitely there with Lawrence right because I, 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 I definitely went pot committed over hey first round startup pick sure that's trevor lawrence that's what i'm gonna do i've never seen the guy play in fucking nfl but look he's the golden boy he's better than luck so there's that um so i'm i'm more apt to to go to lance because one he hasn't actually hurt me right Uh, (laughs) two i've actually seen him be productive and three, I trust the San Francisco organization a whole fuck ton more than I do the Jaguars. Yep. Uh, and, and even with my dude Doug Peterson down there. Um, yeah. Which I, is I, a I huge still, upgrade, but still. Yeah, yep. Giant. They still got Trent balky that's making decisions. And Fucking they still idiot. got Shad Khan that owns the team that does confusing things. So I'm still a little. Right. And, and look, as much as they spent on wide receivers and tight ends like 500 million dollars or whatever it was dude they spent a 100 million dollars on christian fucking kirk right like what do you like kirk's a very nice three he's a like, very he's nice little okay, football player two. yes yeah dude, you're giving them all that money as your one and then signing zay fucking jones and uh, right. i don't even it's just some of the other garbage pals the guys that they have there i mean like they should have just held on the dj chart to be right. quite honest with you so I'm very worried. He was so bad last year that it, it scares the, the yeah. balls off of me. I, I don't know how else to, to state it. Trevor Lawrence has completely, completely just ruined me off of rookie quarterbacks. That son of a bitch. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I'll take Trey Lance over him. Because like I said, he hasn't hurt me.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. What's interesting, though, is I think the question – is one that is a, 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 an educational question to ask yourself because if you answer quickly without thinking about it then you're probably not doing it right, which you didn't but you know the, the the idea is that we had this legendary you know generational prospect or so to speak I think that there's probably ways you could poke holes in that analysis but nonetheless it, it comes out at 21 years old, starts, right off the bat, started 17 games, and started for, check's notes, Urban fucking Meyer led Jacksonville Jaguars, weaponless nothing. I mean, you know, right, this was a mess of epic proportions, right? No leadership, no plan, no game planning. Like, we now know that Urban Meyer basically was not putting an NFL game plan together on a weekly basis, not once. You know, he never had one week of, oh, this is how it's done. Not at all. Not once. So he was behind the eight ball being a rookie. We've seen very successful quarterbacks, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, right? All sorts of rookie quarterbacks not play that well in their rookie season. I'm not saying he's that guy, but I'm not saying he's not either. He could very well be really awesome. And, you know, I mean he wasn't very good. I mean, there's no doubt, but he did throw it 600 times. So they were leaning on him. He had almost 4,000 yards. It, you know, he threw a bunch of picks. It wasn't that bad though. He just didn't have much to, to work with. Now, if he can turn it around, I think that's very possible. And Trey Lance a year from now could be a washout potentially. I mean, this is how quickly this can change. So I think they're closer than, than, than the market would say they are. Because I think I think Lawrence is a hell of a prospect. Still started 17 games as a rookie in a shit situation. I mean, put it this way, man: if you put Trevor Lawrence in San Francisco, you think he'd be any good? Yes. Right. Me too. I think yeah. he'd be great. Now the problem is, you can't take fucking yeah. <laughs> Trevor it Lawrence work that way. Yeah, you yeah. can't do that. Yeah. So you know, you got to really hope that he's able to sort of just fucking hang in there, bro to help is on the way and whenever the hell he can get out of there until things can change. That is the biggest concern is what's around Trevor Lawrence, not what's in Trevor Lawrence, so to speak. So that that's my two cents on the deal, but you know, I'm not looking to go uh, buy Lawrence shares unless they're super cheap. I probably would. But anyway, I just thought I'd let you think about that one listeners. Uh, But like Philly with, with, uh, with Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers will have a, pass volume issue uh, issue because of how much the quarterback runs the football and how much the offense chooses to run the football on top of that. So there's not going to be a ton of pass attempts in Philly, and there won't be very many in San Francisco. Same question. Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, very much like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Goddard. Are they all going to be able to be supported in this offense?
1: Well, so here's the first thing. I've brought this up before. Debo is not what you saw last year, and that's no disrespect on what he did last year. But, you know, a guy gets a 19% target share his first two seasons. Guy, uh, And then all of a sudden, he just jumps to a 27% target share. I mean, that's just it's just an absurd leap. Um, this is a guy that was averaging, up until last year, about 12 points a game. Um, for his career. And then he jumps up to 21.2. He doesn't want to run the ball. Um, He had a ton of scoring uh, touchdowns, rushing the ball that really helped him. I just... I don't I can't see Debo replicating what he did last year. Could I be wrong? Definitely, because we loved him coming out of college, right? This is what we said he was. This is this is exactly what we said he was, except you know, he's injury prone, but like he was just uh I don't want to say gadget player because that seems disrespectful to what he is. Because when he's a running back, he's a full grown man running back and <laughs> exactly. as a receiver, he's an excellent receiver but he's like some like souped up version of a gadget player. Just some jacked like I'm great at both of these things. I could do either of these if I wanted to, Yes, but I can't see him being a top three wide receiver. Like that just, that feels inflated to me. George Kittle is always going to disappoint because he's too good of a fucking blocker. Right. Shanahan wants to rub that in your face and use him as a blocker. (laughs) Right. Piece of shit. Um, (laughs) And Ayuk, I mean, Ayuk's a very okay third weapon in that offense. I think if you're expecting fireworks from any of the three, you're probably going to be disappointed. If I had to choose just one that's going to really disappoint you, based on expectation, I'm going to go with Debo. Yeah. But he'll still out- basically even still I think he'll still outproduce Ayuk because he's a better football player and he he earns more targets. But I think people are expecting him to be a top 5 wide receiver and I just don't see that as being something that's going to happen again, you know. Look. Yeah. He's it, he's going to have
0: to stay healthy, um which is hard to do the way he yeah. plays, not because he's um, you know, I don't know that he's injury prone. I mean, he's probably just like you said, he's just this um you know, uh guy who likes to, you know, run the football and and uh do all sorts of um you know extracurricular activities out there on the field. You know, I mean he's just he's inviting contact, he's running dudes over, he's taking jet sweeps, you know, the all the stuff he does. I mean the run after catch ability in that offense is just unbelievable. So for that reason I think that uh Trey Lance can be successful, but uh Debo it's going to be hard for him to play seventeen games, and and that's really the reason. Because when he plays, as you point out, it's like, oh my god, this guy's all. I mean, how is he not one of your favorite players? I mean, don't, don't you just fucking oh, love? Yeah. I mean.
1: I love every, every player like that. Like oh. him, AJ Brown, like I love dudes that just smash other fucking people. Like they, they they <laughs> yeah. they're just like, you could tell, like they say all the time, like someone made a business decision They're like, like, yeah, I'm back on this guy. Fuck you're that. Right. Like, because I'm like, that's the type of dude I want on my team. Yes. Now, it's probably not the best because they do end up getting injured because they're inviting contact. Yes. But you just love that. Cause they're just dogs, man. They're just, totally. they're just battling. There's no, like, definitely like, in the offseason, Debo's thinking about his contract, right, which he should be. When he's on that football field, though, he's not thinking about shit except I want that extra yard. That's my yeah. yard, and I'm going to fucking blast you. And yeah, I, you I like the guys you,
0: you like the guys when they're running down the sideline and they're about to step out of bounds. Instead of doing that, they just put their head into the defender who yeah. thinks he's going to run out of bounds and yeah. just fucking levels yeah. you out, and then I step out of bounds. Yeah. It's like, you want that guy. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's Debo. That's Kittle.
1: That's AJ Brown. Yeah. My heart loves that. My mind is like, you know, when I look at him, like, please don't do that again. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is why that. you're going to miss three games this year, bro. But, you know, <laughs> when you're watching it, you're like, yeah. That's, that's right. My receiver.
0: That's right. It's the fan. It's the whole. Yeah. That's right. Depending on which hat you're wearing when you're watching that, like a playoff <laughs> game and he's on your team, nothing is better than that. That's right. um So I think we got that. Um, you know, hey, Let's talk about let's talk about this one. This was interesting. So I think I already know the answer to this question based off your take. But Debo or T. Higgins in Dynasty, who you got? Dude, I'm such a T. Higgins guy. Um,
1: I, I loved him. You know, like playing Devi leagues. I loved him um, in college and coming yeah. out. Uh, he was just a guy I really loved. He had a disappointing like final year in college, and people were down on him. And I'm like, I still, I still really like him. And then, you know, he gets to the Bengals, just smashes as a rookie. And they're like, oh, well, they just drafted Jamar Chase. There's no way he can produce now. And he's like, all right, well, I'll do even better then, I guess, uh, if that's what you guys really want. So I'm taking T because, you know, yeah. I, I look at T and I'm like, could he, he could be a wide receiver one even with Jamar Chase on his team. If anything were to change and he goes somewhere else without that level of a wide receiver with him, he can be a wide receiver one. He's just that good. And he's tied to a quarterback that's highly efficient and that he has a really good rapport with. Um, and he hasn't been, uh, he's not as tough. I, that's not the word I'm looking for. He's not a smash mouth as Debo. I'm no. less worried about who is. Him. Yeah. I'm less worried about like him getting into a train wreck and injuring himself. So I'm going to take T and I like it because <laughs> well, he was, he was still at the beginning of the off season. You could still get him at a, a pretty good di- discount. I don't know about him now because I haven't tried to trade for him lately. But you could get from, get him for a decent discount in the in the off season. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go with T. And plus, he's he's also that that that's that I don't know. I want to say that prototypical like old school like you know tall just. Not lanky. That's not the word I'm looking for, but it just looks like a wide receiver, like a classic, like Lynn Swan, like graceful, like type of dude that there's something fun about them, too.
0: You know, he averaged more targets per game than Jamar Chase did. Uh, People forget that he only played 14 games. I think between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins this year, I think they ran the football a lot early on in that uh, last year. I think they're going to open it up a little bit. I think T. Higgins could have a very big season. I mean, even if you just pace him from last year, but 17 games, you know, it was like 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns. I mean, he ended up with 1,106, so I think he's definitely he's definitely there. And, you know, you got to think that Jamar Chase won't average 18 yards per catch, although, motherfucker, he did that in college. He, he did it again might. in the NFL. Yeah, so might. maybe he just will average 20, <laughs> you know? Um, but you like, know you gotta you gotta figure he'll regress to some degree. But I think b- between the two of them, I think they're just going to be an absolute smash duo.
1: Yeah, I mean that's it. Like, how do you shut one of them down? Like, what right. are you going to do? Like, unless you're, I don't know, a team like, uh, let's say, like the Eagles, where you have two legitimate cornerbacks <laughs> that can shadow guys like that. That most teams do not have two cornerbacks like that. They're lucky right. that they have one. Yeah, you can play zone and all that fun stuff. Blah 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 blah. But th- these two are both. Number one wide receivers, like by themselves, even on that team, either one of them could be the wide receiver. One, Jamar's special man. He is definitely special. Like, I I, I don't, I don't know. He should regress. There should be regression, right? I'm just not banking on it. Just like (laughs) Justin (laughs) Jefferson at this point, you know, (laughs) we saw Justin Jefferson did as a rookie. and We're like, yeah, I don't know if he'll be able to do that again. And he was like, yeah, I'm gonna do better. Fucking watch me, bro. bro. Yeah, that's right. All right. And again, yes. it's a high. It's a highly uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? It's concentrated. Concentrated. There you go. It's concentrated, right? They're not stupid. They're not going, all right, well, who's our – I don't even know who their wide receiver – oh, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd was still a top uh, 36 wide receiver last yes. year somehow. So – but, you know, they're not throwing these like – you don't see a bunch of guys on their roster. They're like, hey, why do six guys have 40 targets? It's right. like, all right, it's those three guys and then CJ Uzumo once in a while got three targets for two touchdowns. And
0: he's gone. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, if they continue to throw at the rate they did towards the end of last year, which they should, because if you had Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, I don't know why you wouldn't throw all the fucking time. Like, I don't think I'd ever run the ball like we just want. I don't even think I'd have a running back on the team, but I, I guess you have to by law. So, yeah, I think they both continue to smash.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. You're right with C.J. Ozoma gone to um, let's see. I actually did my projections for this team And, you know, it's like, let me look. I'm going to look it up while I got you here. I'm going to look here. It's like, you know, they had 128 targets to uh, chase as a rookie. Like, you got to figure he's going to go more. Like, you know, it was 128 in his rookie season. You know, 150 is not out of the question. T. Higgins, you know, at 110, but in 14 games, he was pacing over 130. You know, give him 140. So 150, 140 is not unreasonable. These two guys should score ample touchdowns. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to absolutely smash. With Uzoma gone, maybe a few more targets go to somebody else. Because I don't, you know, maybe Hayden Hurst. I don't know if Hayden Hurst will get every bit of what Uzoma got. Maybe he will. I don't know. But, you know, I actually have him penciled a little bit under what Uzoma did last year. And then a little bump up for the two guys who are you know, young, you know, they're in their third and second year. I mean, you know, it makes sense that they would grow, not re- regress at this point, at least in terms of how often they're targeted. And why wouldn't you? I mean, if you're Joe Burrow, like if you're playing, I always love to do this. If you're playing Madden, who are you throwing it to? It's like, you're just like Jason Higgins. Where the fuck are they at? Like, right? You're never yeah. like, well, let's find Hayden Hurst across the middle here, you know? No,
1: no. And that's, you know, look, every time I got my face smashed in fucking Madden, it was because dude just kept fucking hyper targeting the same player because I could not stop the play. And I'm (laughs) like, you know, I would do that too if I could pull it off. So it makes sense. Uh, the, the, it? It's the Joes, not the X's and O's. Yeah, the old, saying, yeah, the right? Jim's and the Joes, not the X's and yeah. the O's.
0: And Tyler Boyd, you know, there's there's room for him, you know, with 600 pass attempts for him to still get 90 targets like he did last year. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, you can get 150, 140, Mixon get 50, Hayden Hurst can get 50, you know, Boyd can get 90, and there's still more targets to go. So I think that's kind of what I'm expecting out of this offense. Um you know, obviously the the pass volume could be a little lower than what I'm what I'm projecting, but I still think the the share kind of gets around in that way. And I agree with you. That was, you know, I got uh, you know T. Higgins uh, at wide receiver ten in the Scott Fishbowl, and when I looked at my projections, the way that I sort of had them come out, he was actually the wide receiver nine. Um, so I'm I'm fine with him, uh, you know, as a top ten wide receiver. And I'm I'm totally with you that he would be ahead of Debo uh, in dynasty. Uh, who are who, who? Who do you have in that that top uh, that top two conversation? I know it's kind of a feudal conversation, but Chase and Jefferson. Who do you prefer in Dynasty if you had to? I I, I lean Jefferson only because
1: he's done it two years in a row, right? Right. Um, th- that's literally the only separating factor because, and it's one of those things where my mood could change. You know, it's like some days I'm like, oh, I think I kind of like Chase if I'm I've been just watching some Chase highlights because I'm like, oh, this dude is fucking amazing. And then I go watch Jefferson. And I'm like, wait, so is this dude? Yes. So I'm gonna I, I lean Jefferson because he's done it longer. Well, one more year, right? But yeah. one year more it matters, right? So say Chase goes out there next year and he has a juju type year. All right. Well, then, oh shit, sound the alarms. What's going to happen? Like Jefferson's already got past that second season where he just absolutely crushed again. Um, so I, I, lean Jefferson and honestly, no disrespect to Adam Thielen, his, uh, target competition is not what, uh, chases. It's you true. Know? It's, it's, it's Adam Thielen's a very nice wide receiver, but even in, in his prime, he, he, he couldn't hold Jamar Chase jockstrap.
0: Yeah, um, we, uh, we agree there. I think the Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, wide receivers one and two in dynasty is kind of a solved equation. It's just your preference at that point. Yeah. Uh, For that matter, you know, at the Undroppables, we have two rankers with Chase, two rankers with Jefferson. I do have Chase there. It is by the finest and slimmest of margins because I actually do prefer Jefferson a little bit this year. I think the the biggest thing, too, is being tied to Joe Burrow. You wouldn't imagine that they're going to break these two guys up. Like if you told me T. Higgins gets re-signed after whatever, you know, two years or whenever his contract comes up, I'd believe that. Mm -hmm. maybe they'll try and find a way to keep all three together that's what i would do uh seems like a smart move just keep that fucking nucleus on on offense and let everything else fill in around it but i'm digressing but i think the chase burrow thing will be for as long as they want that to be the thing right Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of a a tiebreaker in dynasty for me is like both are going to be dope it's not like oh no one's going to fall off it's like no but you know i want the one that's you know, tied to the good situation for the longest. I think that's Jamar Chase, also a year younger. But again, the, this conversation's futile. But here's the one I do like. Who do you have at wide receiver three at this point? Um, that I think is a fun, a fun question. I can't say no one, right? I can't just no. You just, can't. And, and mine is not no one. It is certainly somebody.
1: So what's crazy about this is 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 I I don't think he's earned it. I need that, that put out there right now. True. I was, definitely, I was pivoting off of him in the beginning of the off season, but C.D. Lamb. There it is. That's I mean, correct like, the correct answer.
0: And he if, hasn't
1: earned it. You're right. If you just look at the value, the, the community values, values them as such. So yes. even if I don't, the community largely values, like by a significant margin, he is yep. the wide receiver three in, true. in startup drafts. So that's the guy, even if I don't truly believe it, that I would take. And then even even from the perspective of, all right, well, if not him, then who? All right, well, A.J. Brown, who I love. Yep. But again, there's flaws that I can see there. Was he ever going to see the, the raw volume? Is he ever going to see enough volume where it's like, oh, shit, he's scoring 25 points a game. Like, I know he's going to see the target share because that's fine. You know, that's what he does. CD is in that position where, and if he comes out and smashes this year, which he, he's perfectly set up for, right? Perfectly no, set up no, to smash. No Michael Gallup can't walk. Jalen Tolbert's apparently going to be a starting wide receiver on that team. Like, this is, if, if, if ever CD's going to do it, he's going to do it this year. He's going to drop 1,400 yards, and the community's going to go, I told you so. Correct. And I'm, I'm going to have to be like, hey, you guys are right. You're usually wrong. I bet against you as a community. And, and if not, as like,
0: you point out, he's going to have a juju fall, right? I mean, because and, and it won't make him a, a worthless receiver. I mean, I don't think he'll have a juju fall specifically but you know he'll just sort of fall into that sort of yeah he's good man he's just not this good but yeah he's got a kind of smash to hold that spot but because he's sort of the de facto guy at 23 years old i agree and i do think he will earn it but i'm with you i think you could easily make a case for other players in that spot um but for me it is cd lamb i feel really good about it but at the same time i get your point that he's not earned it uh, do you have your boy AJ Brown at, at number four? Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. me yeah. too. And,
1: and again, it's almost like I don't, I don't want to put him that high. No, it's kind of, it's crazy. It's a, a lot of the quarterback position is the deepest in superflex, um, and even then, it's only like. I, For me, like the elite tiers, like eight people. Yep. At the other positions, it's like, all right, give me two wide receivers. Then I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Give me, (laughs) give me uh, one running back or two running backs, maybe three, and then it's like, I don't know. know. And uh, yeah, three tight ends. Um, It really gets preference, and it's all about pivoting once you get into those wide receiver tiers after the first two.
0: That's right, Um, because like if you said, I think the, you know, if you go to keep trade cut, which I know is not gospel, but I'm just saying it's a a crowdsourced ranking, which is kind of what we're saying is what's the values, because if you look at ADP, ADP is interesting because it's historic not immediate like if there's some news today the adp won't change for you know a couple of months when right. the average draft position changes you know right so it, adp is looking backward i think keep trade cut sometimes looks a little forward or at least looks at the right now um, which i think is why i like it because like people can tell you right now i'd take cooper cup over player X or whatever but you know maybe a month ago in the last two months they weren't so long story short is they've got Cooper Cup at the four spot and I think that that's there's nothing crazy about that because you know you're gonna get <laughs> a one awesome season at least if not two three four I don't know how many you know how much longer can Cooper Cup do what he's doing long enough probably to draft him at the three spot if you really want to over CeeDee Lamb and AJ Brown I get that
1: um, yeah, well, you know, it's dynasty, right? So yeah. what do we do? Our mind defaults to, all right, well, I'm gonna have this dude for the next decade. Except that none of we know we don't. Yeah. As soon as we get You players, might, but yeah. We're like, hey, I wanna trade him. Well, why? I don't know. I just like trading. Why? Yes, because because I can. So leave me the fuck alone. Stop harassing me. It's what I do. You fucking right. jerk off. It's there's, there's like how many podcasts are just based on fucking trading? Like just go look up Dynasty Trades. There's yes, like eighty seven fucking podcasts. Even though we were like the uh we weren't the first. Because no, of the, but I, I, you know, we were yeah. the early ones. Yes, but yeah, we love fucking trading. Like you're not going to draft a player for a decade. Get the fuck out of here. No right? No one's doing that. No one. No one I know has ever done that. <laughs> and if you do, it's, well, you suck and I don't yes. want to in my league because you don't trade. <laughs> definitely trade, bitch. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, you should be looking at two years, three year windows, right? No, I, I saying- definitely
0: think belittling people who refuse to fucking trade in your league is them. 100% inbounds.
1: Yes. Look, you know what? Especially the people like your team is shit, right? Yes, like trade understand- your shit. If your team is good, all right, fuck you. I yes. can't force you to trade. I get it. You won the title. You you got the big dick, the giant vagina, whatever. You, yes. know the, you can do whatever Is it a you small
0: want. vagina or a big vagina? Like if, Because as a big dick, you're like, I'm rolling in with a big dick. But if you are a female and you win, is it like, look at my tiny vagina? I, I don't know that I'm qualified to answer that. Me neither. That's why yeah. I was just curious because you said yeah. it. I was like, well, mm-hmm.
1: I don't know that you'd want to I'd say assume. that it's gigantic. i'd I'd assume they'd want a giant vagina i don't know i don't know i I don't know know. i'm gonna i'm gonna just wash my hands of this i don't know if any
0: (laughs) you better wash your
1: hands after this anybody wants to dm me uh let me know yeah let us know i actually know a couple females i'll ask them after this and um i'll just put it to them
0: and ask them politely (laughs) yeah yeah, like like in the in that parlance you know when the guy says says, like yeah like they're bragging what's the brag Yeah, what's the like, vagina brag? Yeah, what's the, that's a good one. That's
1: I'll ask it just like that. Yeah, um, what's, what's the vagina brag? Yes, yes. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about. because We
0: were talking know. about vaginas. Anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of vaginas, Cooper Cup. No, I'm just joking. Um, Two, t- never mind. Scrap oh, trade it. Yeah, if your team sucks, why aren't you making moves? Like, can you get
1: worse than bad? Um, like, and I'm not saying make a bunch of suboptimal trades, but dude, do something. Just do something. Like, I hate those teams that are drawing dead where they have these, like, old rosters, but they have, like, two or three tradable assets and they just don't trade them. They're like, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to go with this war. I'm going to go to war with this team that I think can be, like, a best-case scenario really mediocre. Like, stop it. Yeah. Fucking make some trades.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you 100%. And, you know, if your team is that bad, you even want to trade this year's first-round pick for next year's first-round pick, too. Like, you just kind of want to push the, the like one pick. If one pick doesn't change anything for you, why are you making it? Like just keep selling shit, whatever you've got a value, keep selling it at the highest, le- at the highest value it's ever going to be. That doesn't mean trade your future picks, trade them when they're the most valuable. I'm talking, you really need to do that. You know, that's the thing in, in self scouting. That's what, um, you know, professional teams don't do very well either. Right. But we certainly do it very poorly in dynasty, especially especially those who have one roster because you love everybody on your roster. They're the best team. I mean, everybody on your roster is the greatest and everybody on everybody else's roster. Not so good. When you have like 20, 30, even 10, five or 10, but multiple teams, you have a, you have every player in the NFL almost anyway, like, you know, except a few, but you know, you basically have all these different guys. So like, you're never like, Oh, T. Higgins, dude, so wide receiver one because you're like, no, wait, I have Chase in another league and he's not better than him. You know what I mean? So, like, right. okay, you, you so know, you, you kind of have a healthy value of what the fuck's going on.
1: So, we were talking about before we went on, and I'm not going to give him a free plug because fuck them. Um, but there's a site you can go to that'll give you across platforms, um, let you know how many players you have, like what the share is. And we love yeah. share, right? Because we're fucking. The, I don't know. We just think in those terms, and you're like, "Oh, I have DJ Moore in 20 percent of my leagues." Yes. So I do love looking at that. Like me too. I, I definitely look at that to go. Oh, wait a minute. I need to move off of DJ Moore. This is way too way much. too much exposure. Right, 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 yes. Right. Whereas Justin Jefferson, if you had 80 percent exposure, you'd be like, that's you'd fine. Be like, that's that's okay.
0: That's, that's fucking okay. great. Yes, <laughs> I can I can live with that. So yeah, having too much Justin Jefferson never a problem. But ask now. Okay, so you have A.J. Brown at number four. Here's the here's where it gets fun, too, because I think a lot of people have that one, two, three, four in some order. And I think you're going to be really happy with my wide receiver five. Who's your wide receiver five?
1: See, I don't do rankings. I know.
0: I don't, I don't believe in rankings. All right, I'll ask it this way then. They're Hold too
1: on. arbitrary.
0: Hold on. Um, Hold on, I'll ask it this way. Who would you rather have? There you go. You already said you'd rather have T. Higgins over Debo Samuel. So that means would you rather have T. Higgins or Cooper Cup?
1: God damn it. I got to go T. Higgins because I am an ageist. Um, I am. And I know I was just talking about how, oh, well, you don't have these players for the rest of your life, but you still have the – What's the word I'm looking for? You still have the ability to do that if you wanted to. You still yes. have the ability to go. All right, well, I'll trade you this player, and it's a six-year age discount, um, right? And you know that that holds more resale value. Like I, I can't like Cup might blow T Higgins out of the water again this year, and it won't matter because Higgins will get drafted over him next year, right? Um, even if he's not this year because he'll be thirty, and Bingo. at that point. No one wants them. You know we, you know, how we feel about 30-year-old wide receivers. Like, I'm at a point now where I'm selling 29-year-old wide receivers and I'm eyeing 28-year-old wide receivers. Like, I don't know, bro. That's right. are not long for this roster.
0: It's true. So,
1: yeah. I, it's I true. Take-
0: and, and some of these guys will win well into their 30s, but the, the truth is we don't know which ones will and which ones won't. Like, it's not like we know when the, when the cliff is for all these players. We just know that it's coming. I'm with you. I've got T. Higgins. I then have Cooper Cup. So that means that I have Cooper Cup ahead of DJ Moore and Debo Samuel and Devontae Adams. Are you with me there having Cup there at six, or would you take him over any of the guys I just mentioned?
1: So or you take might, the
0: guys I just mentioned over Cooper Cup, excuse me? So
1: I might slide Jalen Waddle above him. Yeah. I um, just in, he set the rookie record for receptions or whatever. Right. 17 games. Everyone's acting like it wasn't an extra game or whatever. Waddle looked really good, man. When people compared him to Tyree Hill coming out of college, going, "This is this is the closest we've had to Tyree Hill since Tyree Hill," and you're like, "Yeah, I don't know. I hear that every year." And then yeah. he gets on the field, and you're like,
0: "Oh, oh I think shit. He, I think that's a fair yeah. statement. I think he's a more skilled receiver in general yeah. than than Hill. I think Hill is just that, just so fucking fast. It's incredible." But yeah, let 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 me let me ask you this then. Now we're talking about Waddle and Tyree Hill. Are you sure that Tyreek Hill is going to outscore Jalen Waddell in 2022? Not not even a little bit. Boom! No. I love that take. No. I've been no, saying I, that I, since the beginning. I, I everyone wants to make it like Tyreek
1: Hill made Patrick Mahomes. Um, it might be a little bit of the other too, right? A little yeah, bit of yeah, yin yang. Yeah, yeah. And you look, I've seen, I've never seen Tyreek Hill with a bad quarterback. I'm not saying he can't succeed or a, a mediocre. Quarterback. Let right. me put it that way about that. Too. I've seen Jalen Waddle with a mediocre uh, quarterback and uh, what did he do? Oh, he smashed. fucking smashed. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Waddle there. Um, I think he's going to outscore him. He's the one I want in dynasty um, straight up. Like I, I've, no doubt about it. If I could trade Tyreek Hill straight up for Jalen Waddle oh, I'll fuck. Do it every yeah. day in the week. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely leaning the Waddle
0: there. Yeah, I, st- I had started moving Waddle up and up and up. And then the Tyreek Hill sort of news, I mean, it slowed me down on Jalen Waddle a little bit, but I don't think it made me give up on Jalen Waddle at all. I still have him as my wide receiver 10. You're advocating for him at either six or seven, which I yeah. don't have any problem with whatsoever.
1: Yeah, because – and then, look, this is where we get into the – you're looking at like you are. Like, all right, well, I got this two years of production. How valuable – and this is the fun part about Dynasty. How valuable is the next two years of production compared to the next five years of production? Like, is T. Higgins' production over the next five years going to be enough to go, all right, I, I – I want, I want that over Cooper cups next two years. Cause I understand Cooper cups next two years could be a wide receiver one and wide receiver one season again. Right. right, Well, T Higgins, do I think he can give me some top five seasons, a couple top 10 seasons. And if he can, is that enough for me to pass on Cooper cup who could help me win a title, which is, you know, a roster construction comes into all that too. But in the startup draft, (laughs) I'm always going to lean the younger guy with the, that has more chance to accrue value. So I'm going to change –
0: I'm going to do my dynasty rankings right now because I haven't updated Uh them for like a couple weeks. Are you saying that I should move Jalen Wall all the way up past Cooper Cup to six? I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. I'm just saying, are you advocating that I do? That's that's tough because here's what I have right now. I've got after the A.J. Brown, then T. Higgins, which I think is a fine top five. I like T. Higgins being in the top five. A lot of people would say, you're going to have two wide receivers from the same team in the top five, and I'm going to say – Yeah, what the fuck's the problem? Anyway, so yes, and then it's like, I'll just name them right now how I have it. I have Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams, Jalen Waddell, Michael Pittman, Stefan Diggs. Yeah, so my only – Diggs is another guy I'm moving off of because he's 28. I'm already I know. thinking about next season. The, the um, question is after that, here's the guys behind that and just in no particular order. It's like DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Drake London, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson, Ty- Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, Godwin, Bateman, Traylon Burks, Mike Williams. Like where do I find a guy that I'm willing to move ahead of Stefan Diggs? That's the problem. It's like which one of those guys is like, no, 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 ahead of Stefan Diggs, Deontay Johnson maybe. But there's some questions in uh, Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, so I I
1: always lean, and this is one of my fatal flaws as a dynasty player, is uh, I will – the upside is unlimited for rookies. Right. So I will fall into that trap repeatedly. So I'd put Drake London over Stefan Diggs right now. I've never seen the dude play in the NFL and I know he has issues with separating and I'm still like, my mind just goes to he's a wide receiver. One of this class. Yep. He's in, you know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. just, I see him being he, uh, someone that could sneak into the top five in production. Uh, can Stefan Diggs do that again. I don't think so. He, you know, he has, but I don't think he'll do it again. So, and that's my fatal flaws. I will always shoot upside, always shoot upside.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> and, and, and to my own detriment and, I, I tend to lean that way too, Shane. But when I'm doing rankings, I have to be like, wait, am I advocating for someone to take Drake London ahead of Stefan Day? I need to just be careful. But I'm with you. I'm always like, I lean young. But sometimes, you know, for these rookies, unless it's like a, you know, even Jamar, you know, Jamar Chase was a sure thing that I've seen. Yeah. We we couldn't just put him at like wide receiver one. Like obviously that would have been quote unquote correct. Like, imagine if you like, yeah, he's my wide receiver one overall. You'd have been like, shut the fuck up. It would have been correct, but it's not correct. Like, that's not the right process. Like, you need to have him somewhere in there and then see where it, you know, process wise. Right now, you know, you could say Drake London however high or low you want, but at some point, it's like you know the sure production. I mean, Steph Diggs is going to get 150 targets this year. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not nothing, you know, and like. I, I you need to you need to value that it's probably going to happen for two years straight even yeah. though he's whatever 28 you know his 28 yeah, and 29 that, it's going to be and 150 that, 150 targets back to back with a prolific offense yeah give me that
1: and 28 isn't a death sentence for production no wide receiver i will make sure people understand i know that yes look elite elite wide receivers can produce through the age of 32 33 34 it's yep. just that their' their dynasty value won't ever increase. It won't ever increase. And you can say, yeah, that's fine. All I care about is production. You can't. Okay. Then all your teams are old and you're just betting on outliers every time. So like you're the team with a 27 year old running back. That's telling me like, no, well, Matt Forte did it in 2012. So that means Ezekiel Elliott's going to do it in 2023. Like, I I don't believe
0: in outliers. And Julio Jones was valuable until he all of a sudden wasn't. Michael Thomas was a top five wide receiver until he, all of a sudden isn't. And, like, this happens very quickly with these wide receivers. It it happens fast, and you're like, ooh, I didn't have time to trade them. Of course, that's how it works. Like, I have a championship roster with, with uh, both those players on it. Uh, it was a repeated champion over and over, and now it's stuck with those players. And I, it's fine. Like, I did win championships with Michael Thomas and Julio Jones on the same roster. That's all great. Everything's fine. I'm not complaining. But if I had not been winning – I would have been jumping off that fucking ship. I probably lesson learned should have jumped off anyway because I probably would have won with some other young wide receiver. It wasn't like they were the only reasons I won, but part of it was like, "Fuck it, you know, if nobody's going to pay me you know adequate value for these guys, I'll just watch them dominate and win for me. There's something to that, but you know at some point or another, you need to make some moves to youth to do it to to get younger on your roster because you don't want them to just go to zero as you point out like that the the dynasty value or the, the 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 value they have is also important and if you can just continuously have that value replaced and then accrue more value and then replace and accrue more value right that's where, where you're really dominating and winning a league and that yeah and that's and that's
1: like yeah you I don't want to be too uh You're coloring in the lines now, like you're coloring, you're showing like the rest of the work, like, you know, we're giving these broad strokes, but that's the important piece is like, all right, where am I making moves to do this? Like I'm trading a 28 year old Steph Diggs. Well, okay. I'm not just trading him to get a, any 23 year old wide receiver. I've got to trade him for T Higgins plus. I have to trade, you know, you have to make moves like that all the time. Like you have to move off Devontae Adams last year right. and get, 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 you know, T Higgins plus right. um, maybe not CD lamb last year. Cause he was, you know, but those are the moves you always have to kind of make. And that's why like keep trade cut is actually, yeah. Like you were saying, it's a good tool to use because it's real time and I can go, all right, well, this is what the community value Right. And that's why I'm always looking to pivot from players that I believe are similarly tiered. The, the yes. community has a wider range on. And I go, all right, well, give give me the player that is scoring as many fantasy points, is roughly the same age or younger, and I'll take the plus. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's not <clears throat> it's not an easy one to make, but I'll I'll make a couple for you. So players that you know are valued at a lower value than Steph Diggs. Steph diggs for Michael Pittman plus, Steph Diggs even for DJ Moore plus. Yeah. Yeah. Steph diggs for Rashad Bateman plus. Bateman's yes. a great trade candidate right now. Cause nobody's seen him do it. He's all projection. We don't know, but in all likelihood at the end of the year, it's going to be like, Oh, Bateman had 140 targets, 90 catches, 1100 yards and five touchdowns. And you're like, Oh, look, he's awesome. Um, <clears throat> no one says he's going to smash the world and become Jamar chase, but he's probably going to produce at a very high level, very close to wide receiver one levels this year and certainly replace Diggs in the top 10 or something. You know what I mean? That's very likely, or at least as likely that he's close enough in production that the plus, whatever that is, some sort of pick, some sort of other players will make up for the difference in production that you lost if you lose any at all from Diggs to Rashad Bateman. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's exactly it. That's it.
1: You're trying to get as much back of the production as you can get and a plus because the plus is always important. Like you never want to make a trade straight up for a position to position, like digs <clears> the waddle or whatever the trade is, because again, then you're just betting on one outcome. Like yes. you get that, you get that, that, that extra in, you've always got some wiggle, whether it's a player or preferably a pick because you know, they're fungible and you can do more with a pick than a player. Cause a picks worth more than a player most times because a pick could be anything. It could even be that
0: player that you're going to draft and then trade later. That's right. And, and if you end up doing a, a trade where it's like you trade, you know, like T Higgins last year, you know, had a pretty good season. If you trade player X for T Higgins at the beginning of last year plus and then T Higgins actually outscores the player you traded away. It's like, oh, I got more production and plus. So that's the whole idea is that, you know, we always think we're so sure about what's going to happen. Sometimes we can be unsure now that uh, uncertainty can also lead you to being totally fucking wrong. That's possible. It's certainly possible, you know, and and we've all made those dynasty mistakes. But in general, those trades over the course of time uh, will reap your rewards, not usually be, you know, complete fucking gutter balls. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's important that, you you know, this is why you have to you have to actually look at data. You have to go, all right, well, what's the outcome on wide receivers that did this in their rookie year? That's right what's the outcome on a on a receiver that matches Rashad Bateman's profile, his collegiate profile, then then came out and then scored this many fantasy points. This is the range of outcomes that I'm looking at. You know, like Elijah Moore, what did he do in his rookie year? Yes, I know they added Garrett Wilson. But again, what do players that have did what he did in his rookie season, what do they usually go on to do? They're gonna miss some, obviously. But if 60% of players that did this go on to do that that means six times out of 10, you make that trade, you're going to win. So you'll be yes.
0: fine. That's right. That's exactly right. By the way, one of my favorite, uh, you know, buys, and I, I I pointed it out in my Scott Fishbowl roster is Juju Smith-Schuster. I'll just go there. I know it's not on the show sheet, but I, I want to, I'm curious to ask you, you know, he's currently valued at wide receiver 43 in Dynasty. I don't even understand this. Like, I don't understand can, can anybody explain this to me? Can you explain it to me, or are you as flummoxed as me?
1: Well, so I, I can explain it easily. Um, it's because he had a couple of really bad years, or, or down years, I should say. Yes. And um, because he had such a great rookie season and second season, the expectations climbed to, well, he should be a wide receiver one he could be the wide receiver one. Now that we kind of see like, all right, he's not the wide receiver one. It's kind of got discounted so far in people's mind that they've gone the complete opposite way. And like, I don't even want him. He's not even that good. Like, what is he going to give you? And you're like, well, I'll give you wide receiver three and then wide receiver two weeks, which is, you know, it's useful. It, It might not move the needle by itself, but if I'm paying wide receiver 43 prices for the wide receiver two, I won. If you're trading me the wide receiver 20, for a random second round pick, I, I won. So th- that's what it is. And then, look, it, there are legitimate concerns. Like He's looked really not good the last couple of years. years. Nobody wanted him on the free agent market. And then MVS uh, just got a lot more money than he did on the same team. So there's definitely reason for concern. But at wide receiver 43, that's all upside. Like, just do it. Just
0: do it. You know, you point out he was – really, he was excellent – unbelievable awesome after his age 22 season and he had a down 19 he was hurt a little bit his 20 is probably the uh, 2020 season is probably the most alarming as it was down again he played the entire season of course in that season he still had 128 targets and 97 catches now his yards per target uh air yards everything was down and then he basically played just five games was not very good last year but that demise also follows directly with big Ben and his ability to actually hit a downfield receiver. Like in 2017 and 2018, he had 97 yard touchdowns in both seasons. Like he had a 97 yard yeah. touchdown in both his rookie and his second year. And like, you look at his long 97, 97, 76, 31 and 24. Like he just wasn't able to get downfield. Huh. I wonder if that's because of Juju or because of Big Ben. I mean, everybody was dunking on Big Ben. We hate, you know, the the community, everybody, Big Ben, what a laughing stock. And then, but also Juju sucks too. Look, I think it's maybe one or the other. If it's both, I'll be wrong here and I'll ride off and say I was wrong. But I gotta I gotta feel like it's more I don't think that a 25-year-old wide receiver who was dominant for two seasons is suddenly washed. It just doesn't jive with me.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the other thing that keeps me holding on. I'm like, he's still so young and the things he did in his first two seasons like the projection, your career projection yeah. is really good. But that now he's played long enough that you go, yeah, but then a receiver that's done this bad over the last couple of years, his projection's not great. But for his cost, I mean, look, he's not desirable in most leagues. You can get him fairly cheap. Like, just take yeah. the shot on him. You're not going to get a cheaper uh a better I guess, shot at receiver tied to a better offense than you are (laughs) Right, Juju.
0: Right. I mean, for me, like, I don't, I haven't met wide receiver, yeah, right around, I haven't met 26. So I'd say right around, you know, just after the wide receiver twos. Okay, great. So in that ballpark, you know, uh, put it this way. Would you rather have him or Amari Cooper right now? I'll take Juju, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's just certain players. It's like, what about, here's a good one, uh, Juju or Jerry Judy? So, yeah, I was kind of standing Judy earlier,
1: so I'm gonna stick with Judy. It's Judy, I mean
0: it's Judy, close.
1: Uh, yeah, it's close enough where you have to think about it.
0: Yeah. Like Alan Robinson. Uh I'll take Juju. You know what I mean? He's in that ballpark. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, all right, here's another one. Brandon Ayuk. Man, Ayuk's
1: so bad last year. That's a coin flip. Like that's one of those. Like who do I already have on my team? That's the dude I'm keeping, unless someone adds some sweetener on the other side of it. And then
0: what about like the rookies, like Sky Moore and Chris Olave, both ahead of him?
1: Okay, well I'm absolutely in love with Sky Moore. Me too. Um, yeah, I, I I definitely made fun of everyone when he was drafted and said everyone was going to overdraft him, and then uh, that became me. And I overdrafted him. <laughs> and uh, and Chris Olave, yeah, I'll take Olave just because of the
0: – Yeah, the it makes scratch. sense. I, I, I'm going to move Olave ahead of Juju. I have him behind, but Olave's been moving up. I haven't, I haven't messed with my rankings here. But I think you get my point. Like he's yeah. somewhere just after the wide receiver twos. He's there. I don't think he's a wide receiver four. Like that just doesn't feel right to me. Like, you know, especially considering he's 25. Look, if he was 29, 28, 29, and had this sort of – you know, taper off in production, I'd be there. And if he was playing in Cleveland, I'd be like, you know, yeah, let's just bury this motherfucker. But he's in Kansas City as the de facto wide receiver one. I know Kelsey's the wide receiver one, but the WR one in Kansas City uh, tied to the greatest quarterback who's ever played over his first five years in the league. Like this is factual. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think that that's probably a pretty good place for him to be. Look, if he fails this year, I guess wide receiver 45 was right. If not, it's probably worse than that. But like, if he just gets 130 targets and just has like average, whatever the, whatever Kansas city wide receiver averages, you know, take Byron Pringle and Miko Hardman averaged with Tyreek Hill, whatever the wide receiver averages. If he just does that on 130 targets, he's going to smash. Thank you.
1: Yeah, look, it's it's in his range of outcomes. Look, thank
0: you he's for attending good, my TED talk. Good, good, cheap
1: uh, shot at it, right? And he <laughs> he's young enough too, where he's our favorite thing is he can still increase in value. Yeah. So yes. if he goes out there and smashes this year, everybody's back on Juju. It was it wasn't him. It was all Ben.
0: Yeah, if he smashes, he's a top twenty dynasty wide receiver, yep. right? Yep. There it is. Well, ending on Juju, I don't want to go with Gabe Davis with you because, you know, we, we, we got along so good on this show. I I don't want to have any problems. You know what I mean? Ne-
1: next time I come on, we'll just – we'll dedicate 15 minutes to just trashing Gabe Davis because at that point, the next time I come on, you'll probably be all pissed off that he ended up at wide receiver eighty six. <laughs>
0: Yes. Well, I'm sure to lose a lot of these takes. Like, you know, the Gabe Davis one is like the funnest one now because I get to ride him in Scott Fishbowl. So like no matter what happens, like if he does hit, it'll just be like I'll just be, you know, like riding him like a hobby horse the whole way through Scott Fishbowl, too. And if he if he fails, which, you know, I think is, you know, definitely in the realm of possibilities. I'm with everybody. I get it. I see the downside. Um I don't I don't really want it because I'm so overexposed in Dynasty. I just wanna bet on the upside and let that thing let that thing carry me, but I totally see it. So it'll be fun to watch. It's gonna be I've said it before. I mean, aren't you so excited for week one? There's gonna be a bunch of these box scores. We're just so excited to watch. Like, and I think none more than the Gabe Davis week one box score. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I'm gonna be glued to my T V set trying to get the Gabe Davis uh refresh score. refresh. Yeah. <laughs> Like if you're not
0: watching that game, it's going to just be like refresh box score.
1: I'm going to have to just like, I don't know, go on to like Twitter and just turn on like all mentions of Gabe Davis (laughs) since I don't own him in any leagues. So even if he scores, I'll never know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You won't have any alerts right No, It's gonna be great. I can't wait. It's just so stupid that it's become this. And like, I feel like I've been at the epicenter of it for, for since the beginning, but I know I'm. Not, you know, I know that's not my role. I'm, I'm in my own lane, folks. But, you know, I do know that a lot of people know me as the Gabe Davis guy, which is very strange because I'm not that <laughs> much of a Gabe Davis guy, but I'm leaning into it. So uh, let's take this and let's run with it. Let's have fun. you You're awesome. Tell everybody what's up and where they can find you because, you know, I'm a terrible host and I can't do that.
1: Uh, no, you're a great host. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts. I'm excited. I finally got on, um, after shaming you into it. Um, yes, so I deserved that's, it. That's the lesson kids. Um, yep. just try to be passive aggressive to get what you want in life. Um, it worked. It doesn't work in marriage is what I've learned. No, I sure um, <laughs> <laughs> just get you sleeping in the garage. <laughs> no, check me out. at chain is the worst on the Twitter links to, uh, everywhere I write. And, uh, I think every uh, podcast I do, Dynasty Trades HQ, Manic and Chill, uh, Dynasty Trades in Five, and Dynasty Intervention. That's it. Just those four.
0: Yes, I got to tell you, uh, I'll leave with this, and and I will say that from the beginning, like I I got into the space and was listening to podcasts, Dynasty podcasts, just got into as many Dynasty podcasts as I possibly could. Shane, you were the one person that I was listening to. I was like, I want to hang out with that dude. That's the dude. I'm an East Coast guy. I know you're a Philly guy, but like from the beginning I was like, "No, that's my guy." Like I just fucking like Shane. I don't give a shit about anything else. That's my homie. I want to get to know him and like it's an honor to have you on my show and I mean that. I'm not just saying that because you shamed me into having you on the show. I really mean it, man. You're a hell of a nice guy. Everybody loves you and for for good reason. You keep it real and I appreciate you for coming on the show. So thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you. Appreciate you. So, on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on but behalf not Michael of Michael P. Duncan, you're ready for it, aren't you? On behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, and on the behalf of the best producer in the land, Michael P. Duncan, we were joined by the great Shane Manila. This is Jax Falcone, and we are out.